0: Nicole Hutchison, and Jess Navarez.
1: Yeah, uh, we take, you know, major pride in it. Um, You know, it's it's really about, you know, if you can control home field, um, you know, you're guaranteeing yourself a spot in the playoffs. So, you know, we just want to make sure, like, anybody that comes in here already know our mission. You know, uh, we're gonna protect our house. You line up, you get f-ed up. Appreciate y'all. Welcome
3: into Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. I'm Nicole Hutchison, alongside Aisha Morrison, Jess Navarro, and Christy Scales. What's up, y'all? Hold oh, no, on, wait. I'm sorry. We, we we gotta go back to that stop by uh, Demarcus Lawrence because did y'all hear what he said? Oh, he, I
2: thought you were telling me to turn around again. I was like, oh. no, no, no. <laughs> he basically
3: said, run up, get done up. That was that was in in terms, uh, guys. The Cowboys eleven straight home wins, big win, demolishing the Rams. Uh, let me start with you, Chrissy. Oh, he's How he's a that? wordsmith. Yeah. He basically. <laughs> Not shine away from Drop the Drop the mic. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, uh, how was everything for the sidelines? I know you got to um, be on the sidelines for that game. So, what would you see? How was the vibes after that win and actually during the game We well? can get used to
0: this being yeah. in the fourth quarter. You know, we've had a lot of that through the first seven home games where yeah. they're let the young guys. It has a preseason vibe at the end of the game where the it's young nuts. guys are out there getting some valuable reps because yeah. uh, it's been such a lopsided score. But I tell you, it didn't start off. That way, when you get sacked on three of the first four plays, but then yeah. one of them, there's a uh, yeah um, illegal contact yep. penalty, and that to, that was a really key call in that game, and the Cowboys went on uh, to score in that drive, and um, uh, you know made a huge difference, but really. Another great example this week of complimentary football winning in all three phases, and C.D. Lamb talked about it yesterday in terms of the importance of getting scores from all three units, saying that it's it's not just playing for each other, standing up for each other, but standing upon each other's shoulders, and I thought it was a great example yesterday.
2: Yeah, it was uh, firing at all three phases, and that's such a cliche term to use when it comes to football. But you don't always get to say it and actually say it with your chest that Mm -hmm. that's what you saw during a game. You had offense that was just firing away Dak Prescott playing the best version of Dak Prescott. He can play. He was extending drives. And what I love that I think defined this game so early on, they get the ball. So Dallas ball, deferred uh, coin toss from the Rams. Dallas ball, you get what? Three sacks right off the bat. One actually called back uh, early on because of a penalty. And you think at that point, oh, no, what is this game going to look like? Oh, no, I don't like where this is going. And then they continue to have a game like they did. So bend, but absolutely did not break. They came back stronger because of that kind of start. And I loved Dak's composure throughout all of that drive. He wasn't flustered. He wasn't frustrated. He said, do it again. I'ma still get down the field. And I'm gonna make sure I find the end zone while we're in there. So uh loved what what I saw from the offense. You already know I loved that Jake Fergie touchdown. Yep. You already know, uh, defense. <sighs> Here we go. Here we go, everybody. The defense is anything but Bland. There oh, my go. goodness. What, but what a fun game, really. Yeah. You forget how young Deron Bland is. Mm-hmm. You forget how young Marquise Bell is. You forget how young Damone Clark is. These are young players that continue to be impact players of this game. Special teams, Brandon Aubrey being clutch, uh, Butter Aubrey, I should call him, and then Cavonte uh, Turpin. We can get more into that later. Yeah. but absolutely just a hungry team and I really really like the, the bar that they have now set for themselves yeah this
1: this game I was looking for their response and mm-hmm. and
2: that was not even like with them coming off
1: the bye you know how how they would respond to making changes what changes would they make mm-hmm. and then also too when you talk about this game I was looking at how they responded to the adversity they went through you mentioned the first you and Christy mentioned the first uh, few snaps they're being you know there being sacks a lot of the time that changes how quarterback plays and Dak still was able to stand in the pocket obviously evade the pocket and make plays and then after the Rams double dipped after you know going down Mm -hmm. and scoring right before the um the half and then coming back and scoring to start the third I thought that could be a huge moment in this game to kind of shift things and the Cowboys you know what they did they responded Mm -hmm. they went down with a nine minute drive killed the clock had that Rams defense out there all that time and they scored, and for me, that, that is one of the biggest things that I've been just kind of, I wanted to see post-bye. We, you you yeah. mentioned that, you know, a lot of times teams come out after a bye and they're a little rusty. Mm-hmm. There was, a, maybe the offensive line was a little rusty to start, but after that. I didn't see any of that. It really felt like they took that momentum from the bye, which is crazy, Well, from the Chargers game, which is crazy. That was two weeks ago. And we're really able to implement even some of those things that they did well in that game into this game because we've just been looking for what? Consistency. Consistency with usage. And I'm like, okay. Okay, they're starting to put Mm -hmm. things together and starting to I know Mike McCarthy mentioned the different variations about the things that we've seen this far. And so for me in this game, it was less about what the Rams were doing. Mm -hmm. And again, what they did was important, but it was more so how does this team come out post by and implement some of the things that they worked on and stuff we've been asking to see from them to this point, especially offensively.
3: Yeah, Yeah, that's where we're going to start, actually kicking things off with this offense. Uh, Of course. D Prescott, uh, yeah. <laughs> sorry, Dak Prescott, uh, with the first pa- three touching three touchdown passing game of the season. Four, yeah, four, four, four sorry, sorry, four. Sorry, four. My a little bit. No, that's okay. Sorry, it's, all right. it's, it's Monday.
2: Here. It's Monday.
3: Four. <laughs> uh, but no, this offense is, is clearly. <laughs>
2: Four? four for four, four for four, like Wendy's. No, four from four, four for Four from four is what four, I'm saying. Four for four. No, I'm saying four, four. from four. Oh, no, and he likes Wendy's. Yeah. he likes their nuggets. He said that's, it is
1: rookie year. That's creative. Uh, my nuggets. bad. Creative. I'm so no, angry. no, it's okay. We always Ooh, tangent. <laughs>
3: it's okay. It happens. It happens. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, but obviously, Dak Prescott having the game of his season, best game of his season. Uh, you got CD. Uh, just record books for him, um, and then of course Brandon Cooks second touchdown as a Dallas Cowboy, his first back-to-back uh, receiving touchdown game in since 2021 since he was Houston Texans. So uh, just a lot of breaking, groundbreaking, or I guess what's the word I'm looking for
0: uh, record-breaking career highs set. For a lot, yes. of, a lot on. of, yeah, good CD, CD going set a career high, tw- yeah. 12 receptions in a game, career yeah. high. So. Yeah,
3: 158 yeah. yards. I mean, this team is obviously building and finding that identity that I feel like they've been looking to find the past couple of weeks prior to week six. Uh what did y'all like from Dak and C D and what'd y'all like from this offense? What stood out to y'all the most?
1: Yeah, um I think what stood out to me the most, like I said, was I think your head coach was able to see, hey man, my quarterback does really good outside the pocket. He's mm-hmm. good in the pocket. But he does some things really nice outside the pocket. So I saw them implement some play action, some rollout, some some things to get him on the move because I think he's one of the best in the league on the move. Mm-hmm. And then also, too, um, I like to see that the fact that they knew at some point, like the run game, we, it's no secret, the run <laughs> game's been struggling, yeah. right? And I think they saw, well, This running the ball like this isn't working, Mm -hmm. so let's do some tosses. Let's do some things to the outside. I felt like they did try to find some other ways to run the ball. But all in all, I mean, especially in regard to Dak's play, and this is something I mentioned to him earlier in the season, is like, and I thought it was a good thing. And I'm not saying it's not a good thing, because they are a tempo offense like Mike McCarthy says. They get to the line of scrimmage quickly. They want the defense on their heels. However... Dak Prescott to me is so great at diagnosing at the line of scrimmage. He was he was setting coverages. He was mm-hmm. declaring. Absolutely. He was doing so yeah. much at the line of scrimmage this game. And I just really, he talks, he's talked about it, that Peyton Manning was his favorite. It's one of Mm. Peyton Manning's best traits to be able to tear up a defense from the line of scrimmage before the ball's even snapped. And I felt like we got to see some of that again this game, even though, again, they've always, they've been going tempo, but he did so much at the line of scrimmage, getting them in the right play and his communication and his hand signals. I was impressed with how much, Control. He's, he has control, but I felt like he had a supreme control over mm. this offense, this game, that I would love to carry over to yeah. next game. And,
0: and I'd love to build on what you said because it's not just Dak seeing it, but something Brian Schottenheimer, Cowboys offensive coordinator, talked about today. Mm-hmm. It's the young guys also seeing the same thing, mm-hmm. and he used the Jake Ferguson touchdown, yeah. great, terrific catch. Right. <laughs> great throw right on the money but it's the fact that they both have to recognize the same thing it's one thing for Dak to see it but if the receiver doesn't see the same thing then mm-hmm. it's for not mm-hmm. so Hyber talked about you know it was it cover four what happened was the linebacker came down mm-hmm. it, it, but anyway the, the way when the that Ferguson read the linebacker he knew that he, the ball was coming to him mm-hmm. and so that is the key thing yeah. that they're seeing the same thing
2: at the same time and you know who else is seeing the same thing at the same time TD, CD we love to see him in the end zone and yeah. we love to yeah. see this I want to say it's a new era because it's definitely a new standard that both CeeDee Lamb and Dak Prescott are setting when they are on the same page. It's a it's a new version of trust that you're seeing, and what I love the most about it is after the game, Dak was asked was asked about mm-hmm. you know kind of where is this coming from? He said it's all of the work that we've put in since the off season. We heard about all of their time uh, taken in Atlanta when they took that trip or in OTAs, mini camp, uh, all of the off off-record off, to- off record time, I guess I should say, Dak's backyard yeah. that was put in this off-season is finally paying dividends for them now. And Dak said that's why it's so frustrating when things aren't working out their way. Um, because, sorry. Uh, that's why it's so frustrating when things aren't working out their way because of that. They know all of the time, all the work that they've put into it. And so, remember last week, guys. It's, it's almost crazy. Like, we know what we're talking about on this podcast sometimes. Uh, when When we said... You know, what you're going to see from the best of this team has not happened yet. And I think Mm -hmm. you're starting to see glimpses of that yet. To, to happen because McCarthy even said what you're seeing now is a product of them putting out more that they haven't had to do yet mm-hmm. and we've talked about how this playbook has kind of just been kept a little bit closed and now it's starting to open up a little bit more so getting CD involved is just so vital um, and and so important so I'm really excited to see and, that.
0: and to your point his first touchdown catch the one early in the second quarter the ten yarder Coach McCarthy I'm sorry Brian Schottenheimer said today that was a specific play that they Worked on mm-hmm. during during the, the um, bye week. And so it was a new concept, and they had just been able to rep it a few times in practice last week. Okay. So, yes, to Jess's point, all the time on task in the offseason, it all goes into being able mm-hmm. to, you know, when when you get to the regular season and your, your practice time, the on-the-field part is so minimal. Just a couple hours for game plan installation day one on Wednesday, game plan install uh, two hours on the field on Thursday. But when you're able to take a new concept, get it in there, and after a few reps, being able to apply it, yeah. see it manifest itself on Sunday. Wow. That's yeah. key.
3: What'd I do you think? I love the fact that you're seeing this trust really, you know, start to develop between his guy Dak and his guys, right? And that's something that he kind of talked about post-game was um, even with Jake Fergie, Fergie Ferg. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing yeah, the Fergie dance. It's all right. Uh, no, Jake Ferguson, um, you know, him and, him and Dak have really started to trust each other. He trusts that, you know, he's had a couple of drop balls the first couple of weeks. So now he's trusting that Jake will actually make the r- right route, make the right read. And that's something that Brandon Cooks also, I think he told him on the sideline, hey, I, I can win this matchup. And that's what happened when Dak actually mm-hmm. found him at the end of the en- back of the end zone. So you're starting to see that trust really develop and grow. Um, more and more and it's going to be dangerous to see how much they really improve and that trust build uh, with CD and not that they don't have it now but just you know continue to grow Uh, but as far as that run game you kind of were hitting on the nail where I wanted to go with this Uh, how much more dangerous can this team go with the way that they're playing now and they finally get that consistency in this run game how much more dangerous can this Cowboys team be
1: Man, I want to say they would be a <laughs> lot more... I, I want to say they would be a lot more dangerous, but what I what I will say is, like, right now with this offensive line, mm. I'm trying to temper my expectations with it. Yeah. And, again, listen, you got a new coach. You have some new stuff going on here. Obviously, we've dealt with injuries left and right, so mm-hmm. it is hard to find continuity. Um, I do think they are going to continue to get better. However, if they don't, if they're not anything crazy... I think that they have enough, and we got to see it in this in this game, mm-hmm. they have enough to where if they need to run the ball, they can yeah. do it yep. and Mike McCarthy mentioned that you know we talk about it with the run game, uh, especially with the usages is, is it matchup that's my question is it matchup basis mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. in this matchup, they yeah. clearly knew yeah. we can pass the ball, and yeah. don't get it twisted yeah. man like the 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 rams team as a whole we talked about it on this show that three and four didn't really show the real story this was a scrappy team and so for them to go out and they said you know what our butter our bread is being buttered in the passing game and to just Mm -hmm. do that instead of just running into a brick wall and not having some success I was cool with that I do want to see what happens when they do have to just run the ball but I'm also in a place where I'm kind of trying to feel out what this offensive line is going to be like moving forward because if they can do just enough to bleed the clock when you need them to be or to get some touches in in certain ways when it's necessary, fine. I mean, if your passing game is going to be good, fine. But I I just, I'm a little, I don't know. I'm just kind of in between with the offensive line. Well,
0: let let me tell you what was happening on the sideline in pregame Mm. and need to set this by saying that, uh, game day inactives the deadline is 90 minutes before kickoff so with the noon central kickoff yesterday the team had until 10:30 to turn in inactives for the game would tyron smith play or not after having the uh, next stinger issue come up uh last thursday i can tell you that as of about 10:15, the thought was that he was playing wow including mm-hmm. tyron himself and it was a. And Coach McCarthy confirmed this, so I can. It's fine for me to to say it that it was it was a medical decision. The medical team decided that um, Tyron Smith. It was better for him to not play yesterday. And so, um, yes, Chuma Adoga did get some reps late you know, mm-hmm. in the in the week in practice. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you that as recently as an hour and forty five minutes before kickoff, they thought they were gonna have Tyron Smith. Yeah,
3: yeah, that's kinda great point, uh, because you saw obviously off the rip that they were kind of feeling the absence of Tyron. But yeah, Chuma, but, of the, came.
0: Well, yeah. The, well the first the first we were talking about the yeah. first play being a sack and that was Chuma let Michael Hoyt <laughs> just, just go right by them. him and I'm thinking, yeah. oh bleep. It might be that kind of <laughs> game. It might be that, that kind of game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And uh, but but then, you know, uh, credit Juma. what a great pickup yeah. he's been and five starts this year, two at left guard, three uh, for Tyler Smith early in the year, three for Tyron Smith uh, at left tackle. He has proven to sell proven himself to be a valuable member of this offensive line he suffers the ankle injury in the fourth quarter hopefully he'll be uh okay for this week hopefully tyron smith will be uh, able to play Mm -hmm. and ready for philly on sunday
3: yeah i know uh we heard that of course tyron will be missing practice wednesday thursday he'll they'll kind of decipher if he'll be available uh, the next couple of days of practice but with that offensive line that we did get to see uh, with Chuma Mm -hmm. um, do you feel that this was the best that we've seen and from that group
2: so far uh, what I think is going on here is because Chuma's stepped in so much throughout the course mm-hmm. of the season that the continuity that you're you're worried about missing it's not lacking so much because he's mm-hmm. comfortable being in this line and he's been in it before yeah. and this is something that I've talked to Tyler Biotish about a lot is when you have the same kind of rotation going in and then come day, game day when you have other guys filling in spots it's not really anything different because they practice these kinds of combinations and variations of mm-hmm. this O-line yeah, already point. and so I don't think it's necessarily the best that we've seen them play uh, yet because I don't think you've seen yeah. their best yet. And that's mm-hmm. that's no shade. That's just what it's been. Uh, there's no reason you start off the game with that many sacks, right? Yeah. And, and two of which came from Terrence Steele. So, again, those are things that I don't even have to tell Terrence. Terrence already knew. Terrence like, I got to be better at that, man, you know? But at the end of the day, what, what I really enjoy about this group is – Just the versatility. Again, we've talked about this since last season. I like to call it the Jason Peters effect because he's really the one that brought up this whole conversation. But you have a versatile group of guys. You have a Chuma Idoga. Christy, like you said, he's filled in at two different positions so far this season. Um, I caught up with him after the game. I saw him sitting in his locker, and I was like, are you okay? (laughs) And he was in really high spirits last night. I mean, Mm -hmm. you, for the most part after a game, know when it's not good if you're talking to a guy in the locker room. You Mm -hmm. know. You know it's not good. It, whether they're saying it or not, you can just yeah. tell by the demeanor. He's there laughing with me. He's like, "Yeah, no, I feel good." Yeah. He, and and I was like, "Are you hurting right now?" He's like, "No, no. not really." And he's <laughs> taking off his shoe, and I was like, "Gross! That that is not <laughs> Come on. what I want to be by you <laughs> around yes. right now." Like y'all just played a football game, you know. So we're we're here yeah. joking and laughing, but overall, he said, "But seriously, I, I feel yeah. I feel good." And and so he said, "I'll be good," and and, and I take that at face value though mm-hmm. because. Anytime you talk to a player, yeah. really, and it's Yeah, it's they're still on the high after there. the game, still yeah, on
0: the adrenaline. They're,
2: they're yeah. always going to tell you that. But I will say his demeanor told me a lot about mm-hmm. kind of how he was feeling about it already from what he knew last night. Yeah. Um, so to answer your question, I don't think you've seen the best of this O-line yet, and that's okay. Because, look, you don't have all your pieces. You mm-hmm. barely got your pieces kind of stacking up for you yeah. three weeks ago now you're in a different timeline than the rest of the NFL, and there's really no need to compare it at this point.
3: Yeah, well, certainly we cannot afford any more injuries on that offensive line, especially going into this week. But we are going to take our first break. We'll be right back. You're watching Girls Talk, Boys Talk, or listening to as well. Girls Talk, Boys (laughs) Talk presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We'll be right back.
2: We know that juicy, cheesy, grilled-to-perfection burger sounds amazing, but it does sound like something is missing. (laughs) Pepsi, baby. The yin to this burger's yang. Burgers and Pepsi go together like, well, like burgers and Pepsi. This perfect blending of flavors makes every bite of lettuce, every sesame seed on the bun, and every sip of that crisp, refreshing ice-cold cola. A journey to Foodopia. Burgers. Better with Pepsi. That's
3: what I like. Ah. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger.
2: Head to Philly to take on the Eagles in Week 9. On November 5th, come out to the Miller Lighthouse at at and Stadium for a free, free, free watch party presented by 7-Eleven. Cheer on the boys alongside the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders and Rowdy while enjoying $5 Miller Lights, food trucks, and more. Gates open at 2 p.m. and kickoff is at 325. For more information and to claim your free watch party ticket, visit DallasCowboys.com slash watch go Cowboys. Watch party.
0: How much does that cost?
2: Mm. It's free. Oh, terrific. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh. That's what I
3: said earlier last week. We love free. Oh, we love
2: free. We love <laughs> yeah. DCC. Hey, I know yeah. DCC,
0: they're they actually <laughs> rehearsing out there this week to be ready for the watch party on mm. Sunday. Well, there so. you go. And then food
2: trucks, like, mm. count yes. me in. Have y'all yes. had any food trucks out here? i guess oh yeah that. actually oh, they had
0: they had the events out at at and stadium yeah. it's terrific i was gonna yeah. say i've
2: been to a watch party before and it was a couple of years back but the food trucks that were there yeah oh man oh, yeah. i had the best brisket i i think i've really? ever had from a food truck at that watch party and i want to say it was like brisket fries or something like that but i remember the brisket i was like oh my goodness so delicious mm, glad Anyways.
3: to
0: you, glad to know
2: just all right ladies
3: no it's okay no worries no worries no worries all right it's time to talk about this defense uh obviously holding the rams to just two offensive touchdowns the rest were field goals uh 92 yards on the ground if i'm reading that correctly yeah and only 280 yards total uh let's start with this defensive line guys special um just what stood out for you um with Jonathan Osa those guys have been really special
0: all season long but what did you see from the sidelines and yeah yeah able to to get enough pressure mm-hmm. on Stafford to affect some of the throws that yeah. was key um obviously uh Stafford hitting his thumb on Mozzie's helmet there on the two-point conversion late in the first half and then uh, injuring the thumb Sean McVay the Rams head coach uh, confirmed post game that Stafford left the game not because of what happened at the end of the first half but what happened uh, early in the third quarter when why you throw a quarterback who has a thumb that's already bandaged up, why you throw him a ball on a gadget play, on a double reverse, on a (laughs) two-point conversion, and have him had to extend the ball into the end zone, and that's when he hurt his thumb was when he – put the ball down in the end zone at the yeah. end of that play. Uh, that was a head-scratcher. But, but yeah, um, the other part of it was with the D-line. The, the um, Rams obviously had to abandon the run game <laughs> because they fell behind yeah. so quickly in the game. So we didn't really, I don't think, get a good measure of the run defense yesterday just because of the situation of the game. But, wow, to see um, – them get enough pressure and to have Deron Bland (laughs) seven games in become the first and only Cowboy defensive player in history with three pick sixes in a regular season.
3: And I called somebody was going to catch a pick six. I knew it. I knew it. I called it last week. You did. I did. You
2: did call it. And and it was he
0: wrong. he may not get an, an easier yeah. one. That was obviously a miscommunication between Stafford and Cup oh, on an option route. Uh, Cooper took it outside, and yeah. Matt kept it inside, and and Deron was able to make a break on the ball and and make him pay for it. But it's it's just terrific. And Dan Quinn talking about Deron Bland today. I know you appreciated a lot of his comments mm-hmm. and just uh, Deron the way mm-hmm. his hard work has paid off.
2: Oh man, the. Um... I guess the urge I have to fight to not be like anything but bland anytime somebody talks about this man because it's so exciting that you have this young player taking such a huge leap and so early in his career Mm -hmm. and uh, he has these ball skills that Dan even talked about today saying it's not something you just find in any kind of cornerback when you're out looking right he has very unique uh unique skill set to your point christy how you know it it was a miscommunication but he was able to diagnose that miscommunication that quickly and half a second will make the difference in those plays between being a play or a missed opportunity and what i love about duran bland's play style is he takes those and he makes them opportunities because he's acting so quickly on diagnosing what exactly the opposing offense is doing so a miscue Yes, it could just be a miscue and that could have just been a dead ball at some point. Mm Not if Duran Duron Bland's in there making it anything but Bland making it spicy. Yeah, and actually
3: Jer- it was funny. Jaron Curse goes in the uh, in the locker room. It seems like quarterbacks just like forget how to throw with you. It's just somehow. Uh, and so I asked him. I said I told him what Jaron said, and he was like, I don't you know I don't think that's it. It's just you know I just got fat from playing receiver. Uh, so he had some receiver skills from back in his day. Uh, that's kind of helped him be you know the ball hawker that he is. And
1: so Aisha, what would what, you like from from D Bland? Oh, from the defense in general. I mean. Well, like, don't make a mistake about it. Don't let people try to make make it seem like the Rams' offense wasn't like firing mm-hmm. on a lot of cylinders before they came in here. I didn't even realize they were tenth in red zone offense, oh, yeah. you know, seventh oh, in yards yeah. per game. Yeah. They were really oh, yeah. good on third down, and the Cowboys held held into four um, four first downs out of thirteen yeah. opportunities. Yeah, third yesterday. down
0: defense was strong. Was
1: fantastic. Um, and then also too, I mean. The, we've we talked about this Cowboys rush defense for a while now, mm-hmm. but this season, for the most part, they've shown you. I mean, minus the Cardinals game, whatever. Um, they've shown you that they can stop the run consistently. Demarcus mm-hmm. Lawrence. Yep. Oof. I don't. And, and that's why he can Him. say stuff like he said <laughs> at the beginning of the show. Yeah. Because he comes to the game. And he shows that. And I just think it's so important for defensive ends. We talk about the veterans Mm -hmm. in the different rooms. DeMarcus Lawrence is such an example of – what a complete DN is, mm-hmm. is that it's not just rushing the passer. It's not It's not just – you know how many times he's not gotten credit for sacks and stuff like that? He doesn't care. He, he enjoys impacting the game the way that he can in various ways. And, I mean, he's been vocal with us about – I mean, in the locker room about the fact he knows he's aging. Yeah. But it doesn't stop him from playing at the level that he does. And I just think what he brings to you in run defense is so unique – and it's something that you can hang your hat on. Yeah. And I don't think there's a lot of D coordinators that can do that, that can hang their hat on, knowing that their defensive end, their veteran, is just going to stop the run at a high level yeah. and rush the passer at a high level. And so it's it's a luxury. It is. He is a luxury player at this point. And I just, I'm just i so excited that people are giving him credit. I think the secondary plays so well, too. Mm-hmm. They were sticky in coverage. And, again, early in that game, I remember the, the, the Cowboys front wasn't getting home like that. like Early in that game, Dan Quinn did dial up some pressure later yes. and figure some things mm-hmm. yeah. out. But early mm-hmm. in that game, they weren't getting pressure on Stafford. But that secondary was playing hip pocket type stuff. And, I I mean, Marquise Bell's another gentleman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bring the
2: bell! Yeah, Marquise
1: Bell's another gentleman. <laughs> wow. I, I think I saw today that he ranks, what, number one? One. Yeah, no, number one. one out of linebacker. linebackers. Yeah. One. His yeah. average depth of tackle being nine two 2.91 yards, that means he's playing forward. That means he's at the line of scrimmage. That means he's not catching. He's not waiting yeah. for the play to come to him. He's going to make the play. I'm just impressed with, um, really, This, like I said, the secondary. Because they've given up the big play almost every game at this point. You just have one time where you just like, God dang, how did yeah. that happen? Yeah. But their communication, I thought, was really good at this mm-hmm. game. Because Sean McVay... Is one of the best minds in Absolutely. the game. Absolutely. Yep. He finds favorable matchups, and he thought he was finding favorable matchups with Marquise Definitely. Bell, and Marquise was like, uh uh, uh I can cover too. <laughs> yeah. Remember, I'm a safety too. So I was, I'm just, I think the second level was getting better. I think the defensive line played well, but I was really impressed
0: with the secondary and yeah. how well they covered this game. Yeah, I talked with uh Cowboys defensive line coach, Adam Dirty, before the game, and uh, I, I said, truly, what's the keys? Like, we have to get off to a fast start here Mm -hmm. because of exactly what Aisha said, that uh, they do such a great job with the mismatches. And so, um, meaning in the passing game mm-hmm. and being able to exploit that. And so, such a, a not only a, a fast start defensively, but in terms of getting a lead. He he was talking about the whole team mm-hmm. so that they could put them in those situations right. where they couldn't rely on the run and basically have to rely on the pass. And then, the as we've seen throughout uh, the five Cowboy victories this year. Yeah. That's when the pass rush can kind of pin their ears back. And like you said, Dan Quinn really uh, dialed it up later.
3: Yeah, Marquise Bell. I uh, think they, they have a PFF has him as the <laughs> – you guys so happy about that. I think PFF has him as the 90 – graded 90 in yeah. linebackers in just such a short amount of time. Uh, but that secondary. Talk about just – how they've come so far along and the growth that that group has made, especially with Trayvon Diggs yes. missing, right? Oh, because man. that's that's some big change. That's a big change. That's, big yeah, change. that's it, some big shoes to fill with having to you know replace a guy like Trayvon. But they've just done that so seamlessly. Well, has,
0: well, let's be, yeah, I think Quinn made a great point today saying that you really have to point to Jordan Lewis. Yeah. Because if Jordan Lewis wasn't able to come back from that very serious foot injury, mm-hmm. if you were not able to put him in the In the slot, that is such a tough position that Bland would probably have to stay in there because it's so hard to find these nickel. Uh, corners. Um, it, it's a different skill set. It's a different mindset. It's a lot of traffic. You have to be a more willing tackler. There are all sorts of things. But um, the fact that Jordan Lewis was able to come back, and of course, that's been his whole career, really, yeah. is to be the, the nickel guy that you can leave bland on the outside. And we've seen uh, the fruits of that with uh, Duran's big plays. Yeah.
2: I also think it's a combination of what a lot of people are doing. There's a lot of moving parts. And what mm-hmm. I appreciate about it is as soon as Trey got out your initial mindset is well who's going to fix that who's going to fill that spot and it's not a who it's a it's a collective effort here of different moving parts and so the pressure of filling in the shoes was never on anybody because it's a team effort to do that knowing Mm -hmm. what an impact player Trayvon Diggs has been uh, for this team and will continue to be even after he returns uh, next season but what i really like too is um we're talking about marquise bell and i got to finally catch up with him after uh, the game in the locker room and he is the most humble guy oh Oh, my goodness yeah i i I always laugh because now being a writer and and having to write stories you just have some stories that write themselves for you Mm -hmm. and and the way this man talks and speaks the easiest story i've ever ever written was just him talking and Mm -hmm. we were just having a conversation i asked him you know, what has been the most significant part of Dan Quinn's coaching for you? And what has, what has helped you really become more versatile in your skill set and feel so free to transition from position to position because it sounds easy, but it's not. And he said, Dan's patience, his patience with me in knowing that I'm going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. I know I'm going to make mistakes, but it's not just his patience, it's everybody around me. He said, because it's a basically a trickle-down effect from if he makes a mistake, everybody else on the defense is going to notice. He said, so my guys have my back. Mm-hmm. And it was just so funny. I said, is there one person that's kind of taking you under their wing? And he said, the whole defense, mm-hmm. the whole defense. Mm-hmm. So he's such a team first kind of guy. And that mindset just is so big for him. And mm-hmm. it's, it's really, really cool to see good people like Marquis Bell go in there, make an impact in such a short amount of time, an undrafted, guy last year yeah because I'm, Un- I'm
1: about to say something
2: about it undrafted mm-hmm. <laughs> right like undrafted you're talking about a guy you're talking about a guy Hello. that should not have had the opportunities that he's had thus far but dan quinn seeing something in him that's allowed him to do what he does best i asked dan about it and he said i see i see what he gives me and i i pretty much Dan setting him up for success at this point. So mm-hmm. credit to Dan, credit to Marquise, credit to everybody around him who continues to just uplift these younger players within this defensive unit because it's making them better because of it. Yeah,
1: that's where I'm at. I, I like the fact that I feel like the Cowboys are becoming even with the, I, I really think with the Brandon Aubrey thing, more people are going to go out there and look for a soccer player. Right? They're setting yep. a trend somewhat. I know that other teams might have done it, but him for him to be this successful means something. I'm so glad that we stayed confident in him because I know <laughs> I remember earlier in the show, we were like, what is this man going to do? Oh, what is happening? But in regard to Marquise Bell, <laughs> hey, man, I really hope that people across the NFL are looking mm. at some of these HBCU mm. players that are being successful. Talk. I covered the draft. I saw there were plenty of guys that were capable yep. of playing at a high level in this NFL and Marquise Bell is one of the guys that is showing other pe- other teams that if you bring a guy in here, again, you mentioned the patients, HBCU players, a lot of them when they come in, they are learning new things. Mm-hmm. He, he told me himself, I've never seen a facility like right. this. I've never yep. experienced yep. these things. Even so, I'm like, dude, are you getting treatment? Are you doing what he was no. like? Yeah, that's different for me because they're used to being callous and just having to persevere through that for me. I really like that he's risen to the occasion. I expected nothing less of him. But what really is doing it for me is that the national coverage is starting to point out that he is an HBCU player and that he's risen to this position and and that he's played well. And I really hope other teams follow suit. I hope that more teams take the time to be patient with some of these HBCU players and allow them to come in and have the same opportunities as Mm. some of the other players. Because I'm telling you, it's just... I, I, I covered the draft, and there's a lot of guys in there that I'm like, why isn't this guy being yeah. drafted? Yeah. It's unfair. But shout-out to the scouting team for the Cowboys for yep. seeing yep. something in him and letting him be great. I hope he continues to, to piss people off and make them look stupid because he's doing it right now. I'm so impressed with him. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, hey, you hit it right on the nail. Baby, I you feel, I right feel right on the, the way about <laughs> it.
3: Because he actually ta- I asked him, you know, coming from an HBCU, a lot of people – Their talent gets overlooked. (laughs) It does. I mean, it really does. And I played in HBCU, so like I know. Yeah. So not football, of course. (laughs) But no. uh, I mean, we know that we get overlooked because you think HBCUs "Hmm, they ain't got that much talent for real. They can't. They can't compete with some of the best because they're yeah PWIs or whatever. But and they don't get the same opportunities. You got to play through that the beep. What's the word you try? Yes. Yeah, you gotta play through it, you know? Um, wh- Whether you're injured or not and so, like, they've, they've had to go through a lot of things that a lot of guys at those top D1 levels don't really have to, d- have to go through, right? They really gotta get it out the mud, basically. And so, uh, I love that he's actually putting on a show I'm um, representing FAMU very, very well. And actually, a fun fact, uh, this Cowboys defense has not allowed a pass catcher or a rusher to go over 100 yards in a game this season. Ooh. I think that's pretty freaking awesome. Come
2: on, stat. Also, I stat. come on. I have, to, I have to say, I did promise him I would say this today we'll on the say podcast. It. Okay. What? I'm officially oh. going to invest in a Marquise Bell. It will sit right here. Or right here, depending on the day. Oh, and wr- any time he does something, we have to ring the bell. I'm actually and, like that, and, and he was all about. It. He's like, they used to tell me that in college. I was like, no, 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 you get your own yeah. bell on Girls Talk, Boys Talk, and I like so that. he he just said I had to make it look nice, yeah. and and that he was cool with it. So there will be an official <laughs> edition of the Marquise Bell. Here. Period. Oh, we sit up together in pain. Yep. We're gonna make it look good.
3: Yes. Alright, well we will <laughs> kinda of went over a little bit, ladies, but it's all right, we'll be right back. You're watching Girls Talk Boys Talk presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner, for the Dallas Cowboys and the SWBC studio. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation. So you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys.
2: You know that sound anywhere. It's the crisp crunch of that first nacho chip. With its perfect cheese to sour cream ratio sitting atop a layer of delicious beans, it's a sip away from perfection. at and Stadium on Saturday, November 11th to experience Rally Day presented by SeatGeek. Celebrate Veterans Day with special presentations from the color guard and junior ROTC drill team, plus a 20 one gun salute take a tour of at t stadium get autographs from the dallas cowboys cheerleaders and alumni play games head outside to the miller lighthouse and even play on the field visit at Stadium. t com slash rally days for tickets and more information and again thank you to all of our veterans what day is it 11
1: 11 <laughs> you gonna go nah you know, listen listen <laughs> listen most veterans on veteran de- veterans day make their rounds i mean mm. when i lived in el paso especially since yeah. there's a base there yeah yeah People would car hop and go to Buffalo Wild Wings, As go to should. all the different Heck, food yeah. places and come home with this big old bag yeah, of just lit, food. Yeah. I never had the energy to do it. Right. I just couldn't. I know I can get free food left and right. I'll drive you around.
2: I'll drive you around and do it. She needs,
1: she needs help.
2: <laughs> Not for you. I'll drive you around to do it. No, but I was do the do perks
1: it. of when you drive around, you get the food. I'm definitely going to ask nah. about any events in the area because okay. I would definitely love to get involved for Veterans Day. Yeah.
3: Okay, sorry. I know cool. like awesome. <laughs> You should, cool. you should. Cool. All right, ladies, let's go ahead and talk about the special teams. So many things to talk about. Uh, Brandon, <laughs> so Aubrey, Brandon Aubrey. Brandon uh, Aubrey, 18 for 18. Now tying the NFL record for field goals attempts made. Shout out to him. <laughs> and then you got Sam Williams at Gunner, uh, playing absolutely
0: amazing. A block plant for Monster. a safety, uh, wild. It doesn't yeah. look right. wild. Yeah. Well, I, I have to tell you, I was kind of like wait night. I knew, I knew going into Sunday, and then I yes. knew Sunday that it, that it was going to happen. That they were going to put Sam Williams yeah. out at Gunner. It is very unusual to have a defensive lineman. Uh, play gunner usually gunners those are the guys that are out wide to get the releases go down make the uh, tackles on uh, punt coverage it's usually defensive backs wide receivers Mm -hmm. maybe backup running back but it's the skinnier faster guys right kind of like 'Cause you're out wide, you gotta speed is the number one thing. But he runs four four, 4-4-8, yep. uh, four, 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 something like that in the combine at two hundred and sixty two pounds. Now, what I was told before the game was that they were hoping to get him a couple of reps and maybe the second punt opportunity, maybe again in the fourth. Well, here's the thing: the Cowboys' offense was so efficient yesterday that they didn't punt until the fourth quarter, and they only got to do it twice. And Bones wanted uh, Sam to have both opportunities to do that, so we actually uh, did it in place of uh, Jalen Tolbert, who got a little bit of a break there mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. And but Sam made the tackle on the first one, or helped, you know, yeah. uh, on that great coverage, and then the second one um, helped force a fair catch. But outstanding the athleticism, but also the attitude, and so. So, talking with the coaching staff, they they made the point that it's not just the the speed and the freakish athleticism; athleticism <laughs> it's the mentality required to play the gunner position. Yeah. And
2: real quick, too, because sorry, I'm trying to get my oh notebook out. Um, I. Got to hear uh, Bones Fossil talk about yeah. saying. I was like,
3: whoa, what is nah, she about sorry. to sorry. I'm
2: <laughs> trying to just get my notebook out. Um, I have to take notes during these press conferences, so the information retains in my head. Um, okay, so Bones was asked about this the blocked punch specifically from Sam. And he said that wasn't a play design for Sam. He said it was just Mm. something that he went out and did. Um, And then he talked about how proud he was of him saying that, um, that he's played better since he's gotten these opportunities Mm. and that, uh, let's see, he's crazy fast and he has crazy strength. And I'm saying that in bones terms. Um, And then I guess, so what had happened was um, pretty much bones had said, You know, he obviously wasn't excited by any stretch of anything to see CJ Goodwin go down. He said, but what I was excited for was to see the opportunity that it opened up for different guys. He said, and Sam was one of the guys that was kind of tossed around in there uh, as far as a name that was mentioned. He said, and from there, Sam has done nothing but work his tail off um, to make sure that those opportunities continue to come. He said there's some nuances uh, that Sam does need to work on, And, and he gave a specific example that is a little too lengthy to explain here, but there's nuances. He's like that I I can be better at coaching him with, Um, he said. But overall, he's really excited for Sam and and, uh, his special teams opportunities that could be coming.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
2: Uh, uh, Oh, sorry. My bad. I I, want to
0: follow up on one thing that Aisha was saying earlier about (laughs) Brandon Aubrey, and that is um, going and finding soccer players, right? Well, um, just kind of a little uh, trip back in Cowboys history. Uh, The Cowboys had a player in the early 70s, five years, played 71 through 75. And the Cowboys actually went to Austria, and they were looking for soccer-style kickers because until the late 60s, there was a kicker that was with uh, New York that kind of was the first NFL soccer-style kicker. Before that, the kickers were just the straight-on kicking. But it's like, oh, here's a chance. Maybe we should follow up on this. So Mm -hmm. they send some scouts over to Europe, and they find a soccer player in Austria who was playing for the national team and playing league over there. It's a guy named Tony Frisch. And I know that a lot of the um, longtime Cowboys fans uh, who watch this show remember him, but uh, that was uh, the Cowboys – we're one of the first to bring the guys over from Europe, and uh, wow. a lot of us still remember Tony Frisch. So, yeah, That's the cool, thing man. is, yeah, cool. yeah everything old cool. is, is new again. Uh, but now, of course, Brandon Aubrey's MLS and started at yeah. Notre Dame, and it's, they found him literally five miles from here. He's yeah. from Plano. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. They didn't have to go to Europe to find Brandon Aubrey. He literally was down the road.
3: I think it's cool that he gets to come home or down the road um, and, you know, rep his, like, hometown, home city and, you know, make NFL records. So I think that's pretty dope. Well, and also
2: just for a guy with the demeanor that he has, he's not – if you've ever gotten to listen to Brandon Aubrey talk or you've talked to him, he's just the same every single time. Good day, bad day windy day rainy Mm -hmm. day I mean he's going to give you good information but he is just so even keeled all the time and Bones even talked about that today in the press conference like you know it makes me confident (laughs) that that he has that kind of mindset yeah but I I have to ask you how
0: come when yesterday we we knew that he needed two kicks entering the game to tie the NFL record for most uh, successful field goals to start an NFL career but y'all when they sent him out for that 58 yarder where you're thinking wait a minute no. no. No? You knew? No,
3: you
1: knew. I,
0: I, no. no doubt? I thing. had no doubt. I was
3: ready. <clears throat> him. He's, he's cause him. Because he, he
1: has... I, I will never... I can't get over the fact when he's... <laughs> when you see some of these kickers make these big kicks, they have to put their body into it. Yeah. He just kind of <laughs> flicks yeah. his yeah. leg. And it's just... His power is so controlled. Yeah. Yes. It's so different than what I've seen with the kicker for a while. And so, I, I mean, I knew he had the boot... And it was like, y'all. It's something to be said about the fact that it was straight down the middle too. It wasn't even. It's
2: like second nature. Yeah, Yeah,
1: second nature to him. (laughs) I think. I mean, we we talk about special teams in in general. I think you got. N'Shawn did have the holds um, against Mm -hmm. you know with with Turpin. But Mm -hmm. Turpin, if I'm that's his biggest return he's had. Yeah. And quite some time um, now
2: since since the uh, Philly game last season yeah, yeah. On,
0: and on the free kick after the safety okay. yeah, yeah
1: and I and I believe like beginning the Sean right back you also uh, Rashawn Evans got some time there yes. I do think that the coverage has been pretty good too but those his protectors and stuff really worked for him yesterday um and I, I'm just I'm looking at Kevonte Turpin mm-hmm. I truly think that the snaps that he's getting on offense that's allowing him to get in a rhythm and to use his vision is also paying dividends for him as a, as a returner, yep. and I'm, she probably got the goods because that's her dog. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, I, I see him settling in more because he is a jitterbug. Mm-hmm. He is yeah. a little antsy. Yep. And yeah. now I see, like, now that he's getting some of these sweeps and stuff, you see him surveying the field, to yep. me, mm-hmm. better mm-hmm. than what he even did last year. So special teams, to me, is, is taking an uptick. You, you, you're you using some weapons and you're yeah. getting some – you're getting returns, which is almost like an anomaly now in this NFL. Yeah. So right. that – it right. takes coaching. And Absolutely. it takes preparation, so I'm 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 liking it. and Brian Anger don't get yeah. no love, but come on, extension of the Hello. defense. <laughs>
2: yes, <laughs> go ahead. What, what did you have? You have something no, to Bones mentioned that oh. in in the press conference today. I to, <clears> excuse yo, me, sorry, I missed it. Yeah, no, 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 Bones mentioned that, but he, it's it's a great point because again, that shows your football mind of mm-hmm. you didn't hear him say it, and you're right on the same page. So uh, you. again, it, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> <Dying hardest. laughs> um, no, Bones mentioned that, and also he mentioned a little side nugget that. Um, instead of Cavante going to the sideline, throwing his helmet, being like, oh, um, what the heck, man, like he, yeah. like any normal person would. You know what he told Nishan, right? He said, it's OK, man, you're playing aggressive. You yeah. had my back. Yeah. <laughs> so again, mm-hmm. Bones said, I'm just so proud of where he is yeah. and, and the progression he's had since uh, this time last year. Uh, I guess Turpin told him that he feels better right now than he did this time last year so he's growing and that's all you can ask from a guy
3: i think this team has to feel good and feel better um about everything that they're doing right now right they're in a good position heading into this weekend but that's a wrap for girls talk boys talk we'll have to carry this (laughs) on tomorrow uh continue this tomorrow but that's a wrap Ladies and gentlemen, who are listening for Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We'll see you mañana.
0: This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club.
2: How about this, Cowboys?